Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. It's great to see you this morning. We uh, had a nice, nice uh, announcement this morning. Brother Galen making a transition uh, into kind of an expansion of his work. Seems like a, a man who's invested himself well in the lives of others, and that's, that's uh, as it should be. And nobody should worry that the Lord is not with him or is not with us in transitions like this. The Lord, he can, he can keep two pots of water warm at the same time. He's, he's good at that. He's good at that. So we, uh, we pray blessing on Galen and his uh, new work. And we're still here. We're still here, the people of God, uh, gathering for worship on Sunday morning. I appreciated Chris talking about the people in the in the zone of of destruction. It's awful, awful. It's we all know what it's like to be under an alert, under a warning, with somebody on television saying we see a hook, and uh, that could be a debris cloud, and we know what that's like in this part of the country. And so our hearts go out to those people who were uh, hit by that. And we know that in, in church after church after church, churches that are meeting in their building and churches that are meeting around where their building was this morning, uh, they are honoring the Lord Christ and are talking about, many of them, the third Sunday of Advent and a Sunday of joy. And there will be rose-colored candles lit in piles of rubble, saying that even in this place, those who have died in the Lord, those who have been injured, those who are well, all can be surrounded by the love and mercy of God today. It might be a time when a church like this would keep its ears open and know of a church in some little town in Kentucky that needs a partner. And you might reach out and just ask them what they need. And perhaps something of our abundance could supply something of their need. Already the Churches of Christ disaster group that is uh, centered in Nashville has sent trucks into Mayfield, uh, Kentucky, uh, but that Band-Aid won't fix all that's broken. So it might be just something to think about. There might be some little bug tussly town, some church that needs a partner. So uh, this week has been focused in uh, this notion of joy, and everybody always says, you know, joy is not the same as happiness, but most days it ought to be pretty close. The joy of the Lord will be my strength. You know, 
Very often, joy leads to happiness. Just like in the fruits of the Spirit, there's goodness and kindness. And someone says, goodness is being good on the inside and kindness is what goodness does on the outside. And so there's, there's room for inner joy and outer expression. And that's really what John wants to talk about. When you read the passage in John in uh, Luke chapter 3, here in a minute we will, you're going to have a little dissonance. But before we read that, I want to read the psalm that has been dominating uh, our house this week. On Monday, we were reading uh, a piece that said, for this devotional, read Psalm 96. And so we read Psalm 96, and then maybe it was Annette that said, I wonder what that sounds like in the message. And so we read it in the message, and I'm going to read it to you. See if you can pick up the subtle invitation to joy. It's subtle. You have to be really attentive. Sing God a brand new song. Earth and everything in it, sing. Sing to God. Worship God. Shout the news of his victory from sea to sea. Take the news of his glory to the lost. News of his wonders to one and all. For God is good and worth a thousand hallelujahs. His terrible beauty makes the gods look cheap. Pagan gods are mere tatters and rags. God made the heavens. Royal splendor radiates from him. A powerful beauty sets him apart. Bravo, God. Bravo. Everyone join in the great shout. Encore. In awe before the beauty. In awe before the might. Bring gifts and celebrate. Bow before the beauty of God. Then to your knees, everyone worship. Get out the message. God rules. He put the world on a firm foundation. He treats everyone fair and square. Let's hear it from the sky with earth joining in and a huge applause, uh, round of applause from the seas. Let the wilderness turn cartwheels. Animals come dance. Put every tree of the forest in a choir. An extravaganza before God as he comes, as he comes to set everything right on earth, set everything right and treat everyone fair. Did you get it? A thousand hallelujahs. And right at the end of that, it says, as he comes to set everything right on earth, to set everything right and treat everyone fair. This is a key to the preaching of John the Baptist. To set everything right and treat everyone fair. So now as the people of God, born in the body and the blood of Jesus, in the power of his resurrection, with the gift of forgiveness and the Holy Spirit in us, and as the body of Christ gathered as a place for the Holy Spirit to live and to grow in us. Now we receive the word and may the word of God 
become in us a source of life, life for ourselves and life for those around us. Now, this reading is not going to sound like a joy pep rally, but I promise by the end of the, the day, we'll hear it. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers. I told you. Wasn't going to start out sounding much like joy. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these very stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The ax is already on the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then? The crowd asked. John said the man with two tunics should share with him who has none and the one who has food should do the same. And the tax collectors also came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you're required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? And he replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly. were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Christ. John answered them all, I baptize you with water. But one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and preached the good news to them. At the end of it, Luke reminds us that this was good news. Hmm. So what's good about it? What's good about what John does and how does that relate in any way to the notion of joy? Well, maybe we can hear some things. Maybe we can hear that now suddenly in the wilderness of Palestine, Jerusalem is 2,500 feet above sea level. Jericho and down by the Jordan River is, is about 1,400 feet below sea level. It's about a 4,000 foot differential between the mountain of Jerusalem and the Jordan River. The people are walking that 18 or 19 miles down from Jerusalem. They're coming over from Galilee. And they're coming because God is calling. The beginning of joy is to recognize that the true and living God, the God worthy of a thousand hallelujahs, the God who wants 
to set everything right and for us to treat people right. That God has come and made himself known in the teaching of John the Baptist. It's been 400 years since Malachi. It's been 700 years since Isaiah. But now the good news is God is calling. And he's calling through this prophet, this new Elijah, this unbarbered Chris. Yeah. God is calling. Have joy. God is calling. Have joy. God is calling. Even today, if you're visiting in this church, you need to know that even in this reading of Scripture, God is calling you. And you have a reason to to believe that the God who created all things and the God who gave you life is calling today. He calls you. And he he calls you in, in a remarkable way. He calls you and he says to you, you can be different. You can be different. And that difference begins with a repentance that brings you to the water. (laughs) People are there and they're receiving a baptism for forgiveness of sins. Now in this audience gathered today, it may be a surprise to you to know that there are a few people who've committed sins. And and the people who have committed these isolated sins uh, have not just been committing sins, but they have been living in an economy, in a society, in in a way of life that is capital S, sin. Oh yeah, it's not rare. It is the human condition. It is the human condition. Somebody says, do you believe in original sin? Well, not really, but I have had some three-year-old grandchildren. And, And somewhere deeply embedded in us in a place or two is mine, now, and no. Somehow we don't get over it. And it gets us in all kinds of messes. We grow up this first life, this way we grow up. John says, the things you've done, what you've been, can be forgiven. You could walk down from Jerusalem guilty and walk home Forgiven. Joy. Joy. Now somebody's going to raise their hand. They're going to say, but Brother Sharp. You know, people talk that way when they're going to be up in your grill. Otherwise, it's, Eddie, what do you think? 
Was that really forgiveness? It really was. It really was. Now, it wasn't forgiveness empowered by the constant presence of the blood of Christ. It wasn't forgiveness embraced by the ever-present Holy Spirit bearing fruit and creating us more and more into the likeness of Jesus. It's before that, but it is the preparation of the way. John said, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sin. Peter said, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. John was preaching about a Chevrolet. Jesus was offering, well, better than that. Jesus is better than that. But we hear it here, the joy of forgiveness. Some of us need to have the joy of forgiveness, to remember the joy of forgiveness. And we need to remember the Lord's prayer and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And a part of our joy may be in offering the forgiveness of one forgiven. You know what holding a grudge is, right? It's drinking poison, hoping the other person will die. Being unforgiving is drinking the poison, hoping the other person is going to die. Forgiveness by the river is a gateway to joy. And the people are going... You're telling us we need to repent and bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. So what do you do? He says, well, good, good. You have, you have, you have figured out that, that in repentance there is a doing, not just to sit there going, oh, I'm repented up. Glory for me. Repentance is not self-referential. Repentance that's true is not merely selfish. Repentance that's real is not just an exercise of my ego on behalf of my ego. John says that the people who are repenting will do something different with their abundance. That they'll do something different with their possessions. They'll do something different with their place of authority. The crowd said, so what should we do? And he said, if you've got two coats, two tunics, two coats, and someone needs one, give him your coat. Don't live with the notion of scarcity, scarcity, scarcity. I'm afraid of scarcity, so I've got to keep everything myself. I've got to keep it all myself, keep it all myself, keep it all myself. I know of a great church in Abilene and the church tithes 10% of its budget to other churches and other ministries. I think that is nuts. 
And the reason I think it's nuts is because I'm so jealous of whoever thought of it. That even a church could live without a fear of scarcity. That people could live without a sense of scarcity. They could be open-hearted. Open-hearted. You know, there's a lot of reasons to be open-hearted in the world. And it comes down to your possessions, the, the tax collectors. What do, what do we do? He says, well, you um, know people are going to pay a tax, and you know that you could stick them pretty good because you're collecting this tax with the Roman authority behind you. You could stick them pretty good, and you do. But these are tax collectors who are coming to be baptized. These aren't enemy tax collectors. These are faithful tax collectors. And when they come, they hear that. They should. Don't take more than you have to. Don't cheat people out of their possessions so you can have more. Don't do it. I had a friend who was a missionary in Mexico and he said there was a guy in Mexico City who wanted to be a Christian. He says, I, I would be a Christian, but I can't be a Christian yet because I'm a policeman. And, and as a policeman in Mexico City, you have to pay the police department to be a policeman. You have to pay them. But then that gives you the right to stop cars and levy fines. He says, for me to support my family, I have to be able to stop cars and Take from people a fine, a bribe, a propina, a bribe so that they can continue. And that's how I support my family. I can't be a Christian yet. I can't repent from that yet. John says, don't take. And he tells the people in authority, the soldiers, don't use your positional authority to put other people's lives in jeopardy. Don't be sold as a false witness. Don't be like those people that will bear witness against Jesus later on. Don't do that. And you will find that if you share your possessions, if you work without stealing, and you are always generous to others, no matter your positional authority, where you are in the flow chart, you will have joy. Not joy in theory, but behavioral joy by the way you act. My daughter-in-law is a great lady. She's the best second grade teacher in the world unless you're one and then she's second. Over the Thanksgiving holiday, one of her second graders was shot by her sister in the eye with a BB gun. Now the little girl's in the hospital and it appears that the BB went all the way through her eye and into her brain. One of those awful things like Chris was talking about. And awful things are awful things, but awful things that happen in the presence of God's redeemed people become witnesses to the glory of changed lives. So now there are people split up to buy food. Now there's an Amazon wish list for Christmas. 
Now, there are people who are clamoring to be closer to the awful to bring the good. And in the presence of a terrible thing, the creeping signs of joy. We don't just have joy. We have joy anyway. We have joy anyway. So I hope that you will do some good thing during this Christmas holiday. Maybe you actually give the guy on the corner more than he's asking. Instead of letting yourself go, I don't know if I believe in this guy right here. I don't know about him. Maybe just one time. Maybe you do go to the mall and you do take that thing off the tree. Maybe you do buy that Christmas present for somebody you'll never know. Maybe you do that. Maybe maybe you put that money in the Salvation Army pot, even though you know in the Bible there is no design for a uniform. Maybe our repentance especially in a season of Advent, should be the liberation of the goodness of God pouring through us. What should we do? We know. Christ, we do all adore Thee, and we do praise Thee forever. Christ, we do all adore Thee, and we do praise Thee forever. For on the holy cross hast thou the world from sin redeemed. Christ, we do all adore thee, and we do praise thee forever. Go in peace. Go in great joy. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Connect with us on Twitter. You can find and follow us there at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.